All right, welcome back to week three of our mini series within a mini series within a series of series of whatever of gospel. I got to start over. <laughs> All right, welcome back to week three. We are in this series of understanding the gospel, developing a more holistic understanding, a, a, a bigger definition. And we've broken this down into three weeks. The week one, we looked at the whole story. We talked about the tool of the story diamond and how that helps us understand this bigger story that we live in, our own story, how we can read scripture. Uh, we talked about moving from a saved souls to a saved holes, understanding the gospel. Week two, we talked about the whole expression. We talked about a gospel presence under the whole expression. So a gospel presence is missionaries in micro churches. Uh, after gospel presence, we talked about a gospel demonstration with signs and service uh, so that uh, we are, are bringing the kingdom here on earth. I don't think I mentioned it in that episode, but a couple of helpful resources again. I think we did say N.T. Wright, and we talked about Surprised by Hope. A couple of other resources with that would be The Tangible Kingdom by Hugh Halter, uh, Flesh by Hugh Halter. Um, these are just books that help us understand like this idea of the whole expression um, and the gospel, uh, gospel presence, gospel demonstration, and finally gospel proclamation. So we do need to proclaim the gospel. We need to use words. We love the idea of always be preaching the gospel when necessary, use words. I would probably amend that to say always be preaching the gospel Sometimes it's going to be necessary. Always it will be necessary to use words at some point. Um, and we, we have those words. Jesus gives us these words. He's proclaiming the kingdom. He's proclaiming um, that we're setting the captives free, bringing sight to the blind. And that's what we want to do. Uh, so, so far, we've got the whole story. We've got the whole expression. That was broken down into three parts. And this week, we are going into the whole life. So yes. what do you mean by the whole life, Rob? Well, Brian, I have a, I have uh, juices and vitamins and a special diet. And uh, <laughs> I call it the, I call it the whole life. And, uh, and what happens is you come in under me. Oh no. <laughs> you're, you're, I don't know how many people you just offended, but. <laughs> It's called the whole life diet. It's it's comprehensive. It's simple, and, <laughs> and very expensive. Cost Jesus life. No, what we're saying is this: you know, the gospel comes down to three words: Jesus is Lord, mm. and that influences every nick and cranny of our life. Um, you know, we grew up with uh, kind of the Western tradition of dualism of you know, things that are sec sacred and things that are secular, like that's religious and spiritual and this isn't. And, um, and what happens is then we start like living our life. Like there's a bunch of boxes. Mm -hmm. I got my work life and then I've got my recreation life and then I've got my church life and then I've got all these family life. And, and then um, some of them we see as spiritual, like, Oh, the church life one is, but work. No, no, not at all. No one's spiritual work, you know? 
Um, now we don't come out overtly and say this, but that is the way many, 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 many people mm -hmm. look at life. Yeah. It's like the water we're swimming in, but with the gospel three word worldview, it's like all of life is sacred. Yeah. Everything, everything. And Jesus is the master at the art of living. And he's going to teach me how to live in every single area of my life. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm a nuclear physicist, Jesus knows about nuclear physics more than I do. I mean, everything. And that was one of the things I learned from Dallas Willard, the divine conspiracy. Yeah. Um, that's really what the Sermon on the Mount is about, you know? And, uh, and from that point of view, there is no part of our world or our life that doesn't fall under the loving, wise, good Lordship of Jesus. And it's such good news. It's like, I don't have to try to figure it everything out all by myself mm -hmm. in every area of my life. Now I have the kindest, uh, gentlest, wisest, strongest, mm. loving, joyful, faithful person mm. who's always right. Yeah. <laughs> to help me. And, yeah. and, and he's not like cracking a whip. He, he knows when I'm ready to hear something, when I'm, when, when I'm not right. You know, and he's accommodates to me and in, in terms of my own weakness and what I can handle. Um, but he's ready every second. Like he is, I am like, I am here right now. Like he can, in, he can lead us in this podcast experience better than anyone else can. And that's Matthew 66. Again, uh, Sermon on the Mount, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Hmm. You know, and that's what the whole life is about. Um, and for most of us, you know, we hear that passage and it's like, okay, so that means I put my church box first. <laughs> it's like, nope, it's not what he's saying. Like I'm first in every area of your life. And yeah. if we don't get that, what we end up with, and everybody starts here, we just have a bunch of different idols in every different box. It's like, I'm at work and my boss is my idol. You know what I mean? I'm at the gym and now my body's my idol. And then I go to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, uh, and then I'm watching TV and now it's like comfort is my idol. I just want to go down the rabbit hole with Netflix and forget everybody and everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, whether it's good for me or not, whether it's good for my relationships or not, like I'm just zoning out for the next six hours, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's a very, uh such a difficult way to live that's why jesus is like are you tired are you worn out are you burned out on religion yeah are you tired of all these different gods like just it's exhausting isn't it mm. like my yoke is easy my burden's light like but you have to say you are lord yeah yeah that's why i said you know blessed are the poor in spirit it starts when you go i am tired i'm worn out yeah i'm not I'm, I'm tired of trying to be smart enough, fast enough, strong enough. Jesus, teach me. Yeah. You want me to bottom line it? Yeah. Um, our one sentence summary of the whole life is like, I need to move from unbelief to belief in Jesus in every area of my life. There it is. And we got that from, it's Vandersteltian wisdom. Vandersteltian. <laughs> one day that will be... Uh, they'll be teaching seminary classes and they'll be like, we're going to go under the Vandersteltian theological framework now. 
which goes back to the Chesterterian <laughs> yeah, worldview. Jim Chester. <laughs> so yeah, those guys, no kidding, the underground, like between Tim Chester, You Can Change, and Gospel Fluency, mm. um, they have a profound influence on us. Very grateful, stand on their shoulders, yeah, because they created a wonderful set of simple tools to help ordinary people like us go from unbelief to belief in Jesus in every area of life. Yeah, that was a radical shift in my mind when I began to see my own disciple making in light of that. And disciple making in the gospel, all of this is going together. You know, like this is they're, they're inextricably linked, tied together. How do we gospel people? How do we disciple people? Um, it's all about helping people move from unbelief to belief in Jesus in every area of their life. How do I disciple my kids? Help them move from unbelief to belief in Jesus in every area of life. Man, you just don't know about my teenager. Help them move from unbelief to belief in Jesus in every area of their life. It doesn't matter what age or how old, what matter, what changes is how we communicate the words that we use, the level of contextualization that a five-year-old needs to understand that versus a 19-year-old versus a 76-year-old. But in, in all of these cases, it's about moving from unbelief to belief in Jesus in every area of our life. And when we do that, it helps us then frame up this phrase that we use often, which is what we disciple people to the kingdom with is what we disciple people through the kingdom with. It's always coming back to how am I hearing the voice of God and responding in obedience. And usually hearing the voice of God, he's helping me identify areas where I'm not fully surrendered. He's helping me identify areas of unbelief. Jeff Vandersell opens gospel fluency with that language. It was I describe it like people in the late 90s, early 2000s, when they read uh, Purpose Driven Life, and they're like, oh, man, Rick Warren, this line, it's not about you. Just change me forever. It's like, I don't feel like that was that uh, profound, but okay. <laughs> but I'm, I guess I feel that way with uh, gospel fluency. When I read We're All Unbelievers, I immediately like recoiled. Like, How dare you? I am not an unbeliever. But then when you get to the bottom of it and it's like, hey, do you have fear in your life that you're not going to be able to pay your bills? That's called unbelief. Do you have fear that that a loving father is not going to provide for all of your needs? That's that's unbelief. Now, your needs may be different than you think they should be. <laughs> um, I mean, there might be some reframing there, but um, do you, do you yeah, feel it's like the fear can become there's nothing wrong with the fear emotion right right fear is like a warning light yeah we're identifying it's helping us identify the area of unbelief yeah that like i might potentially have an area of unbelief because i i the only reason i bring that up is sometimes i think we're, we can walk in faith and we'll still feel emotions of fear yeah sorry yeah if i didn't frame that you know up I mean? yeah that's good helpful thank you for reframing that piece but a lot of times the fear is it's definitely sending a, a you know a warning light like uh oh yeah most of our emotions should, are probably that way like you know if you're scrolling social media and you're sensing some anxiety the anxiety is triggering it's I shouldn't have used triggering that's a loaded word but 
it, it's identifying something else. Pay attention. Yep. Why, why do you feel this pit thing in your stomach? What's behind yeah. that? Uh, and yeah, so, those six big negative emotions. Sad, sad. You know, which are like sad, sad. Yep. Like shame, anger, depression, sadness, anxiety, and disgust. Mm-hmm. Like those are important. Those are all important human emotions. And we have to learn how to navigate them um, with others in community um, through energized by the gospel. So I'm not letting the emotion um, make all the decisions for me. I'm going back to, okay, who is Jesus? Who am I? Why am I here? And I'm going to choose now to live out of belief rather than unbelief belief in what jesus says about me about how life works yeah about who he is you know so you're right like i'm scrolling through whatever social media and i start to feel sad and it's it's and what's that showing me like i'm not as good as little people are because i don't my life doesn't look perfect like that or i don't have that item or so now you click down a little lower it's like what am i believing there that i am what i do that i am what other people think about me that i am what i own those are lies. Yeah, that's not right. good news. None of that was good news. Right, and that's where it's like, okay, I'm going to choose now to believe what Jesus says, that I'm the beloved, mm-hmm. you know, and that I'm chosen. Right. That have like every spiritual blessing um, I are my inheritance because of the good news of Jesus. And I start saying these things out loud. It's like, I think it's important. This is part of what it means to repent. Like, I'm going to name those things. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to Jesus about him. And I'm going to say, I'm, I'm remembering now that you are my provider. You are my treasure. You are my identity. My life is hidden with you, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and now we're moving into the tool. Um, yeah, exactly. As, as I say, what, what Rob is doing is actually working us through this tool again, that was provided by Soma communities um, for, for the rest of us uh, called fruit to root although I call it fruit to root to fruit. Um, and I, I think we can probably just in the next 20 minutes, just walk through it 20 minutes or less. We can do a quick training on this because this is how the whole life and understanding the gospel and all of life gets worked out. Like you're using a very practical everyday example right there of scrolling social media, feeling sad, recognizing I've got some unbelief and I need to turn again into full belief in Jesus. That's just an everyday occurrence for so many people. That's why we're saying the gospel is about whole life. Every area of life, it can speak good news. Feeling like a failure, like a parent, (laughs) you know, is it because you think that you're in control of your kids' lives and you've got to produce this perfect child that fits your expectation? Like that's going to let you down. That's not good news. Um, So it speaks into every area. We could just keep coming up with examples. But we want to jump into this tool for the next few minutes. Uh, And basically, um, I I think you're really great at walking people through this tool. So um, we'll just try to use as much of a real-life example as we can. Uh, (laughs) No one can see your eyes and your fear right now. Is this an area of unbelief for you? Um, (laughs) But... Um, we're going to walk through this tool 
and just kind of explain how we go. But the overview is we begin at the top with the fruit. What is the fruit that we're experiencing? Uh, and is it good fruit or is it unhealthy fruit? And once we recognize it's unhealthy fruit, we go through a series of questions to help us determine what is it at the root that's causing that unhealthy fruit? Because that's where the unbelief is. Uh, and then there are what we call four G's that we can then use to help us move towards belief in Jesus. So we're repenting and changing that fruit or the root rather. And then that's going to produce new and healthy fruit for us again on the tree. And the, the good fruit is, is love, it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So um, trying to think of an example that's pretty recent that we could just walk through that because it's also helpful to do this with people. You can learn to train yourself on this, yep. uh, but having, having people that can walk you through it um, is also very helpful. Like I think an example that has to do with either uh, like relationships and um, like, for example, I'm going to kind of share a generic one, but it's real at the same time. So I had uh, like shared a, a story and uh, with a group of people. That was a pretty intimate story. And, um, and someone that I love very much was intimately involved with that story and I didn't check it out with them ahead of time. So now I'm sharing this pretty intimate story with a bunch of people we all know, but it's putting us both in a really vulnerable spot without yeah without conversation. our conversation yeah right so on the back side of that we're talking and i realized it was that was very very hurtful so i was kind of like swept up in a moment and hadn't really planned to share that level of intimacy but just kind of went with it and so there's part of me that right was like very defensive like i'm just trying to you know like just trying to help other people like know Jesus better, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then there's another part of me that's like, oh crap. You know, like um, I feel a ton of shame. Yeah. I was gonna say, so describe like what's the what's the fruit that you were experiencing, the unhealthy fruit? I'm it, here. I'm it was those two things. Like one of them was like and and maybe you said defensiveness. Would that be like the was there like a, a anger posture? Yeah, it's, a, it's like kind of a, yeah, like a anger slash defensiveness of like. Our pride, maybe. Yeah, like I'm just, I, you saw how much it helped. I mean, you yeah, know, like, yeah, I'm not, a bad, I'm not a bad guy here, you know, yeah. like, did you, oh, <laughs> you know, it's that. And then the other part is like, oh, I really, really was stupid and really hurt you. And now I feel like just shame, like, oh. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make this right and start beating yourself up over yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm a total idiot. How can I be so like, that's basic stuff, you know, and I missed it, you know? Yeah. So that I was feeling this combination of both, you know? Yeah. Um. So then it's okay. So that's the first question. What am I experiencing right now? Like kind of yeah. pride, anger, defensiveness, and then, yeah shame and it's this weird cauldron of you know it's like bubbling and mixing together minute by minute like one minute it's kind of like i'm going to defend myself the next minute i I can't even look in this person's eyes you know yeah um and then in the light of what i'm experiencing this is the next question it's like what am i believing about myself yeah right and to me it 
um, one of our tools, the identity triangle talks about um, most of us, the way we find our identity and value is we identify four or five most important roles. Mm -hmm. And then the two or three most important people associated with those roles. And then we find our identity and worth basically by going, uh, how, how's my performance? Mm -hmm. And then what is their current opinion? So I was not doing very well on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. score is like, fail, you know, like I'm not even getting 30% right now, you know, then I have this choice, you know, I'm like, what am I, uh, I'm in the middle of this conversation. It's very difficult. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm partly believing that, you know, I'm really tempted to just yeah. believe, oh man, I am, you know, my performance, I am this other person's opinion who is actually being very, um, gracious it wasn't like an attack or anything like that you know but just being honest like that was really hurtful that was yeah pretty thoughtless yeah. you know i was very surprised you know it didn't seem like something you would do but it happened yeah <laughs> you yeah. know it's like oh man and then underneath that is what do i believe god is doing or done you know and so at that point it's like um on the anger side, you know, I have to decide if God isn't here, um, then I have to vindicate myself. Yeah. Yeah. I have to prove that I'm right. Yeah. You know, and then what do I believe? I'm talking about the unbelief side of things. You know, right. and if God isn't here, yeah, then I'm not the beloved. Yeah. Like I really am what I do. And I really am what this person thinks about me, you know? And then if you get down to the bottom of that, it's like, so I guess I'm basically saying God is powerless and he won't ever come defend me. Right. So I have to defend myself at all costs. Um, and that God is um, not present. Yeah. That his love is not real. Um, you know, and basically um, after we, had this first conversation, this person just asked for a little space. So I had to go and sit, you know, and I did a set, a set with Jesus. It's like, I'm, I'm not gonna let the shame, um, like I just gave the shame and the anger to him, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I, I, I know that I am, um, I am what you've done and I am what you think about me. Yeah, this is, uh, sorry to cut in, but the, so Rob's moving from unbelief to belief. So there's a, you know, that word repentance. Again, we've all heard this. It doesn't just mean I'm sorry or I won't do that again. It means a changing of the mind. So his mind is shifting because he is saying, I don't believe this about the shame and the anger. I do believe this about you. So he is going back to a place to say, okay, this is actually who you are. You're not absent. You're not powerless. And as we move into the other side, we're reframing the questions and what do who who is God actually? Not what do I currently believe he's like, but who is he? So take it from there. So we're moving back up the tree, by the way. We exactly you're down. And this is really um what we've learned over the years, like sometimes, especially when you're first beginning this process, like journaling, this is super helpful. Yeah. yeah if you've yeah. never done it before, you're going to get lost in your like collision of thoughts. 
So basically having those four questions right in front of you of like, what am I experiencing right now in the light of what I'm doing or experiencing, what I believe about myself, what does it say about what I believe about God, what he's done, what he's doing. And the last one, does it really say, I believe about God's character, what he's like. And then when you write that out um, and you practice that enough times, you can then actually just start doing it in real time in your head. Yep. Also, having gospel conversations with people where you basically are confessing this to others yeah. and practicing it out loud. Like if you don't journal and if you don't actually practice it in conversations, you'll never get there. Yeah. I don't think like you just can't click into this way of thinking. Yes. Yeah, that's why it's helpful to have somebody else that can go. Uh, you, you said you're, you're having this feeling, but is it actually a desire for control that, that you know, it's like, or, you said this, but it's like, what's behind that? Is it really this thing? Um, so just having other people that are, are skilled and equipped in this as well early on to help you identify what are those actual emotions and what are they indicating? Yeah. Yeah. So for me then it was sitting there going, um, like I typically have to start with the shame emotion because it's just been a very overwhelming experience in my life. Um, which kind of goes back into the home I was raised in and so forth. So I just always go back and I often like picture Jesus, you know, and I'm like, I'm just sitting here at his feet and I remember who he is and I'll say it out loud. You know, it's like you, you're my forgiver. You're my life. Um, I thank you that there's no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus than I am in you. Like you're my everything. You're my hope. And um, when you see me, all past, present, and future sins are forgiven. Um, and it, it's just that kind of refreshing of the truth about who he is. And then on the kind of the pride or anger side, it's like, and I want you to be my vindicator. I don't want to run around trying to prove who I am to everybody. I don't need to do that. Jesus didn't do that. Like, I'm, I'm giving up that role. That's not my role. Um, you are the one who vindicates. You are the one who judges, mm. you know? Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of that, you know? And I, and then it's like, now you're going back up to well, what has God done? And I think back and it's like, well, you lived for me, you died for me, you rose again. Like I, my, the shame is, it's done. Like, and then I think back to, to, uh, like with the vindication of like, um, all the times God's come through for me. Mm. you know and even in recent days i thought of like a number of situations with that particular relationship where it's like wow like things have been the way god has um, moved in that relationship is amazing you yeah. know um it's like this is and at that point i literally in my heart it's like this is a bump in the road like where's like i'm not kidding two hours ago it's like this is gonna wreck everything for the next i don't know it could be months yeah, you've catastrophized it. And made yeah, it. it's like, I don't, I can't believe I did something this stupid. Yeah, yeah. I don't deserve to have the trust back. You know, like, I'm just like, and things have been going so great. How could, oh. it's like, nope, it's going to be a bump. Like, God's going to, Jesus, you're going to carry us through that, you know. And then I was able to send a text. And I think it's usually important to go meet face to face first, which we did. But then I was able to write a text that was actually like, I couldn't really find the words before I did ask forgiveness and stuff, but I was just sort of stumbling around and mm -hmm. half formed sentences and didn't really name things well, you know? So I was able to sit down and write a text that was just very specific, you know, like 
I can, and I basically was going back to like, I can see how you feel this way. I understand it. Like not maybe fully, but um, like just validating the way that person felt and why they felt that way. And it's like, I agree with you. Um, and then to kind of go from there to a genuine, um, not just apologizing, but like, I'm asking your forgiveness for this, this, and this, like two or three really specific things, you know, and um, and then even thanking this person for, you know, you were gracious to me in your response. Yeah. And, you know, and then the next time I saw that person, the first thing they said to me is, you know, I love you. I forgive you. Everything is okay. I know this isn't who you are. And it was like total reconciliation. Right. You know, enjoy. It's yeah. like, hey, we can get through tough things. Yeah. Healthy fruit. Healthy fruit. Yeah. We reconciled fast. I didn't get put in the ditch with my shame or my anger. This person didn't get put in the ditch with their offense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, or their hurt. Like, I'm throwing out all the past history of what you did right because you did this wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, they were able to go, no, this things are going great. You know? Yeah. Um, this was an anomaly, you know? Um, and so, it, go ahead. Yeah, that's it. It's basically you work down through those four questions and you work back up through them. Yeah. I think it's really important when you're down at the bottom, like you got to confess it out loud to Jesus. Absolutely. Confess it out loud to a friend, write it out in a journal, and then boom, move back up and, and confess the truth about who God is, who you are. And the the, the tool at the bottom uh, dealing with the root of the situation, I'm, I mentioned, the, I think, the four G's a, a minute ago. And, and these are especially early on when you're learning to do this, uh, very helpful in identifying like what's a major sort of categorical area of unbelief. And so uh, the Soma Communities offers this. I think it was first developed by Tim Chester. Mm -hmm. uh, but the four G's are God is good, so I don't have to find satisfaction in anything else. God is great, so I don't have to be in control. God is glorious, so I don't have to fear others. And the idea behind that one is not being afraid of, you know, someone taking me out, but uh, the the fear that is uh, comes from trying to prove myself or my worth to other people. Uh, that that's exhausting to try to live that way. The good news is Jesus calls us daughters and sons. He has a name for us, and we are the beloved. Rob kept mentioning that. And that fits under that one. God is glorious. He loves me. My approval and my identity are set. Mm -hmm. um, so God is, is good. God is great. God is glorious. And God is gracious. Yeah. And the gracious is I don't have to earn my approval before him. Mm -hmm. I don't have to earn my salvation. I don't have to prove that I was worth dying for, that I'm worth his love. Um, and I, you know, we all go through all four of those, but we use those at the bottom to, to help us sort of go, okay, whatever this emotion is, it's probably fitting into one of these four major categories. I'm under the impression that most of us probably go to one or two of them most of the time. Like mm -hmm. our bigger hangups are probably under a couple of those. No, that's true. When we do our personal discovery process, the disc kind of kicks out areas of primary fear yeah you know and so what we do is we typically recommend to people hey here are the one or two of the four g's that are probably going to be most applicable to you yeah based off of your your disc profile you know it's important to know 
like I have to go to God as gracious because of the whole shame and earning and mm-hmm. striving, you know, that that's almost always my first one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and sort of depending on your Enneagram, your disc, your personal, all that stuff and your personal history, you know, yeah. there's going to be, I agree with you, man. There's usually one or two that you come back to again and again, you'll need all of them at some point, but right. And here it is. We're at the end of the series. It's the shift from the saved souls to the saved holes. And the saved holes gospel involves the whole story. It involves the whole expression and the whole life. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement, that leads to the emergence of microchurches and every network within your city. We'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.